Amazing grace Shall always be my song of praise For it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my fault and saw my need I shall for sing it one more time now.
in moments like these I sing out a song oh sing it to him saints I sing out a love song to Jesus in moments like I lift up my hands and sing out a love song to you, singing raise our hands and sing that chorus again. Singing I love you Lord. Oh, don't you just love Him this morning? Singing I love you love him amen it sure is good to be in the house of the lord this morning good to see each and every one of you we got some folks not with us today and we got some visitors and we welcome all of our visitors and uh i hope that you come fully expecting to receive from the lord this morning because he's got something really in store for you all you got to do the good news is, is all you got to do is just reach up and accept it amen did you come to have service this morning Amen. Let's sing that old song, uh, uh, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. I just love the words of this song. It's so encouraging to me. Oh, what a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness. What a peace is mine. Leaning on the everlasting arms I'm leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning I'm leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, 
Leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day Leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, I'm leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarm Leaning, leaning Oh, leaning on the everlasting arms What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms I have blessed peace with my Lord so near Leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, I'm leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning I'm leaning on the everlasting arms Let's sing this one again What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear Leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, I'm leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning I'm leaning on the everlasting arms Oh yes, I'm leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning I'm leaning on the everlasting arms I am thinking of a rapture in that blessed home on high When the redeemed are gathering in I will sing the anthem in that city in the sky When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in Washed like snow and free from all sin I will shout and I will sing When the redeemed are gathering in Saints will sing redemption's story With their voices clear and strong When the redeemed are gathering in Then the angels all will listen For they cannot join that song When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in Washed like snow and free from all sin How we'll shout and how we'll sing When the redeemed are gathering in Then the Savior will give orders to prepare the banquet board 
when the redeemed are gathering in. And we'll hear his invitation, come ye blessed of the Lord, when the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from all sin. How we'll shine and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from all sin. How we'll shine and how we'll sing. When the redeemed are gathering in. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 I'd like to do this like this this morning. I'd like to just, we'll just stop the music. And I'd just like for you to sing this and just picture what it'll be like. Those angels for all these millions of years have stood up there. And that's all they've done is hallelujah, hallelujah, praise you, we worship you. But think what it's going to be like to him. When his bride walks in that city and those angels step aside and she starts singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the angels can't join in with us. They don't know what we've been through. They, they're not going to experience what we've experienced and they have to step aside. And I imagine his heart's just going to be so overwhelmed when he sees his beautiful bride arraigned in all of his glory singing hallelujah to him let's just sing that this morning give me that key again sister Beck. just sing out with all your heart hallelujah hallelujah
we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. 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 We love you, Lord. I bring the music back in. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. softly there we're going to go on into the service and take our prayer request i'd like to ask uh, brother david cockman if he'd be ready to lead us to the lord in prayer sister chanel turns in a request to please pray for my nephews uh, mikey and chris they are fighting a cold and allergies they've had breathing treatments all night so we want to remember that request we also uh, want you to remember my my wife She's really, really struggling uh, with her back, having sometimes it's just unbearable, the pain she's dealing with. So just remember her in prayer. Also, uh, Brother Ben McCafferty is uh, dealing with back issues as well. Just finds it very difficult to set up. And um, just remember him in prayer. We want to uh, remember uh, Brother Troy and uh, Sister Connie. Uh, They're away on their uh, anniversary, so let's remember them in prayer. Also, uh, we want to remember uh, Brother Mike and Sister Angie Pritchard. They're away. And uh, Brother Aaron and uh, his wife are also away in Virginia this morning. He's ministering up there. Um, it's good to uh, have the drums with us this morning. We want to continue to remember them, that the Lord will continue to touch Brother Joe. And uh, we're praying for you, brother. And we, we know that God's got a miracle for you as well, brother. And we just appreciate them. I know there's many unspoken requests among us this morning amen just remember to pray for each other brother david if you would come on up and take these requests before the lord bless you let's bow our heads 
Thank you, dear Heavenly Father God, for this wonderful, beautiful morning, Lord Jesus, for getting us all up, Lord God, and just to be able to come together, Lord, and, and just to worship you and praise your holy name, Lord. You're so wonderful to us, and we just give you the praise and the glory, and Lord, we just bring these requests, Lord, to everyone that's on the traveling, and and please just watch over them and pray that you're just traveling mercies would just be with them and bring them back back together Lord God because we long to long to be together Lord with precious brothers and sisters of like faith and Lord God this these problems that we've heard this morning back problems and 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 breathing problems Lord Jesus there's no problem Lord God that you hadn't already that you hadn't already solved Lord Jesus and we just give you the glory we just ask that you just touch Lord touch those that are having issues Lord Jesus and we just touch their backs and touch their help them to breathe Lord Jesus and just help each one Lord God we've all got every one of us here Lord Jesus dependent on you and we just Lord now we we just ask that you would just be with the remainder of the service Lord God and help us to to get out of the way and just let your servant to, to deliver your word and we just ask in Jesus name amen. amen God bless you saints you may be seated also I forgot to mention Mitchell is uh, up in Indiana this weekend and he'll be traveling back tomorrow just remember him for uh, safe travel and mercy sometimes you get up here and your mind's running about 300 miles an hour and it's hard to keep it all straight sometimes but just a quick announcement we've got a couple of specials this morning sister karen if she would come at this time and uh, be getting ready and then after her brother jaron has a special uh brother peter needs to meet with the youth ages 15 and up right after service in the uh fellowship hall so if you're in brother peter's group just uh, meet with him right after the service first began to walk with the Lord. I did not fully trust Him. How He longed for me to understand that I could
whose hands hold the universe. Why would I ever question his ability? There's no place that I can go where he doesn't know the things that trouble me. He's always aware of where I am and what I need. And I've been my mind at ease for good I'll take my very life he's gonna take care of me cause I've been through enough to know he Oh, he-
I can certainly testify that for myself. Brother Jaron, if you'll come on at this time. of the times they're appearing everywhere I can almost hear the Father as he says son go get my children and at the midnight I cry, oh, the bride in Christ will rise. Would you sing it with me now? Oh, when Jesus steps out on a cloud to call God's children. 
the dead in Christ shall rise to meet him in the air and then those that remain will be quickly Midnight cry. Oh, when Jesus comes again, and then those that remain. Oh, and then those that remain will be quickly changed. And the midnight crowd when Jesus comes again Amen Thank you Brother Jaron I, I believe we're closer to that than what we really think we may be Amen Let's stand at this time we'll have our Ushers to come and we'll receive our morning tithe and offering. Brother Andy, if you would bless them. Amen. As Brother Barry comes, let's sing that Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you I want to see you To see you high and lifted up Shining in the light of your glory out your power and love as we sing holy 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 I want to see you oh I want to see you I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart. 
make it your prayer now. Yes, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. See you high and lifted up. Shining in of your glory pour out your power and love we sing holy 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 I want to see you I want to see Praise the Lord. Shake hands with somebody close by. Say, God bless you, pilgrim. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. And you can be seated. Good to have all of you here today. And may the Lord richly bless you all. Good to have our visitors and friends here. And just a couple of very quick announcements. And then we're going to go uh, right into the service uh, today with Brother Burley. I was scheduled originally to be gone to Brother uh, Sam Browning's church up in Ohio for this Sunday and uh, just felt led for a couple of different reasons to uh, postpone that and push it out a little bit. So uh, I had Brother Burley coming today for Sunday. It's been a long time since he's been here on a Sunday. And uh, I just thought, well, that's, that's a service I'd want to be in. So I'm here. Um, Today is Brother Johnny and Sister Doris's wedding anniversary, right? Are they here today? Not here today. Gone for their anniversary. How many years, Sister Julie? Roughly. How many? Really? Wonderful. We appreciate Brother Johnny and Sister Doris. Uh, March 29th is uh, Manuel Irish's birthday, right? Is he here? Not here today. He's with the Reynolds, I guess. Mike and Angie, <laughs> Mike and Angie Pritchard, uh, also uh, away on an anniversary. Uh, their anniversary is the 29th. March 31st is Noah Cockman here. <laughs> Noah, how old are you? Appreciate you being here. You're the only one so far. Appreciate you being here. And then Joe Pascal has a birthday on April 2nd as well. Joe was snowed under this weekend. Not literally, but uh, really really busy, and uh, they were unable to be here today. Uh, three quick things. Sister, we want to remember Sister Sherry Holly, and I don't always mention Sister Sherry. Uh, she's a faithful listener uh, and uh, very much a part of our assemblies, just unable. Uh, it's difficult for Sister Sherry to get out and, and get around, uh, but we sure want to hold her up in prayer and just trust that the Lord will uh, touch her body. She needs that. Um, also, too, uh, this has been an uh, interesting weekend. Had a fellowship on Friday night with our youth. Had a breakfast on uh, yesterday morning with the men. It was really great. Brother Ron, uh, Brother Ron has a black belt in uh, men's breakfast, and uh, he's our honorary chef for the men's breakfast. And uh, it was a great time, Brother Ron. I mentioned it to him already, and uh, it was just really nice. The brothers did some work around here afterwards yesterday, and was uh, it was really enjoyable time. Um, and then, of course, uh, t- with today, and, and it's just been uh, great to see folks get together. 
yesterday they patched me up. Uh, I left the breakfast and went home. They patched me up uh, through Russia uh, with a translator in Seattle. Uh, it's pretty complicated and had a phone call uh, conversation with Brother Vlodja Ivanov. And he's the brother who lived in Mariupol, and we've shown his picture many times uh, over the last little while. And uh, he wanted to call, and one of the things that he wanted to do was to express his thanks for all of the support that uh, trickled out to him. And he said it's just been now it's just been very difficult uh, because they are in Russian-controlled territory, and uh, it, it'll take a while for us to be able to help Brother Volodya. They literally left everything, left everything behind, uh, took only the clothes that they had and uh, fled the city. They're still under bombardment in Mariupol, and he was able to leave with his family and go to another group that's in another section of uh, former Ukraine. And uh, he just really uh, wanted to say thank you to the assembly and all that's been done uh, because he said we would never have survived really without, uh, without that help. And he was describing, you know, the conditions and how they lived and how they had melted snow just to have enough drinking water. And uh, they had never had water for washing or doing dishes or anything at all, you know, for weeks on end. And uh, it was just really a, a, quite a trial. He said he'd been through nothing like it in all of his life. And um, he was very, uh, very uh, thankful now that he's got a little better Internet connection where he is and was able to call yesterday. We've also been asked by Brother Ivan Carrion, who's a pastor in New York City, uh, to remember his granddaughter uh, in prayer. And without going into details, she had a very complex operation, and um, she is. Uh, the doctors were happy with the operation. It was a brain surgery operation, and uh, the doctors were happy with the outcome of that, but the effects of that operation have been very difficult on her. And uh, Brother Yvonne uh, asked me if I would pass that on to the church, and he said, if you don't mind, remember her in prayer. Uh, she's 17 years old and uh, just a wonderful young sister, and uh, if you don't mind, just remembering her in prayer. Her name is Julia, and um, we would uh, sure appreciate that and uh, want to join our hearts together and remember that young girl. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to turn it over to Brother Burley. It's always good to have Brother Burley with us. He's a, a friend of our congregation, we consider, and his wife Denise is here today as well. And uh, we're just honored uh, to be able to have Brother Burley. And uh, one of the most well-traveled uh, ministers, I think, in the message. And uh, everywhere you go, uh, people know Brother Burley, that's for sure, and has a has a great report. And uh, I always always love to hear that and love, love to um you know, fellowship with Brother Burley whenever we can. And uh, he's got uh, some oral surgeries coming up. Uh, he may tell you, but he's got some surgery coming up here in a little bit. And so he's, you know, when you, uh, if you're going to slow down a preacher, that's how you do it. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to get him before he had to have that surgery done with his teeth and so forth. So um, it's more towards the end of April. And, um, but we're glad to have him this morning. And I want you to, uh, he's got a unique topic, and so I want you to just put your feet under the table and pull on the gift, and uh, I know that God is going to speak to our hearts today. So let's, uh, if, you don't, uh, if you don't mind, let's just, uh, let's just uh, uh, sing this morning, and we'll bring Brother Burley on and, and uh, just let him have his liberty. We're, uh, uh, we're a believing people. We're a people who 
trust God and believe that um, God always wants to speak to his people, that's for sure. So uh, let's sing that little chorus, We've Been Made More Than Conquerors, as we invite Brother Burley to come this morning. Are you ready to have church? Brother Keith says. Let's sing it together. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made Thank you for the words of that song. We've been made more than conquerors. And Father, sometimes we don't feel like that. But still, the promise and the word is still true. And oh God, we come this morning humbling in our hearts. We ask that you speak to the hearts of your people. There's many things that you placed upon our hearts to say. And we trust and pray that you just anoint us to speak. Anoint us to hear, Father, and we just want to commit everything in our hands. And Lord Jesus, we just want to remember the brothers and sisters in Russia and Ukraine and all of those areas, oh God, in Africa and Brother Yvonne's granddaughter. We remember her also. And remember my daughter also in prayer. I ask these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you will, uh, we would like to turn to Matthew chapter 24. And I uh, appreciate Brother Barry giving us the opportunity to uh, be able to be here this morning. It's good to have my wife traveling with me. And uh, praise the Lord. In Matthew chapter 24, I'll go to verse 34. Say, verily, verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 38. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, 
so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of the word. You may be seated. And uh, I'd like to turn to Luke chapter 17. And we'll go to verse 26. If you have it, say amen. amen. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But the same day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Verse 32, remember Lot's wife, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. And I have another scripture we want to read, Revelation chapter 3. Very, all of these scriptures are very familiar. And, uh, Let's go to verse 14. Until the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with good and have need of nothing. And knowest not thou art wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked. Amen. And also, I want to get my scripture reading out of the way here. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter five. But of verse one, but of the times and the season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. 
You are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourself together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Praise the Lord. I know that's a lot of reading, but uh, I pray that the Lord will help us uh, refer back to these things and make things come to a reality to us. I would like to uh, take a topic to, to this evening, sleeping as it were in the days of Noah, sleeping as it were in the days of Noah. It may take a little minute to get to what we want to get to, but I believe the Lord will help us. Amen. Amen. You know, in the message, Noah did not, the prophet said, after he had actually read in uh, Revelation chapter 3, he said, let's think of the Laodicea church age and its condition today. He said, as far as I know, I don't see anything to hinder at this time the coming of the Lord Jesus outside the readiness of his church. That's a very powerful statement. Amen. What's going on in Ukraine is not hindering. What's going on in Russia is not hindering. Amen. What's going on in the world is not hindering the coming of the Lord. He says here, he said the thing outside the readiness of the church. So that's why it is the, it takes the readiness of the church for the Lord come to take us. He said that's the only hindrance that he's actually seeing is that we are not ready. So it makes no difference what happens or what's going on in this world. None of that is the hindrance. We are the hindrance. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, I want to talk for a moment here and try to, we can get a scripture understanding about prophecy. Uh, the more that I look into these things about prophecy, we know that uh, everything it's controlled by prophecy. There's no president controlled this world. There's no archbishop, no pope, nobody controlled this world. Everything is controlled by prophecy. Amen. Because God has predetermined, predestinated everything that is happening is now happening. It's all in God's great program. Even the wicked, that's in God's program. The righteous, it's in God's program. Everything, every, uh, everything has a purpose, it has a role, and, and it has a plan. And it all goes accordingly to how God wants it to go. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, what we read in, uh, in uh, Matthew and Luke and Revelation chapter 3, those things uh, all relate back to Genesis. 
We'll see that in a moment. Because remember, Genesis, we know, is the seed book. We know that because that's what seeds was planted in the book of Genesis. So it makes no difference what subject you take or what title you take. You, you'll be able to find the start of it back somewhere in the book of Genesis. Because the book of Genesis is the seed book. And we know that Revelation is also called the apocalypse, but it's also called, it's a harvest book. Because it is the book where all of the seeds that planted in Genesis have now come in the book of Revelation to a harvest time. But all of the books that's in between is how the seed grow. We can see different books as you study them. It's just showing how each seed grow to how they get up into the book of Revelation. That's why I thank God for the message of the hour. It goes back to Genesis and to Revelations to show us all of these things. Amen. For instance, everything is controlled by prophecy. It's just like in the book of Daniel, chapter 12. It says, many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Speaking of end times, but notice he said the wicked shall do wickedly. Amen. Other words, it's been prophesied the wicked is even going to get worse. I can't change that and you can't change that. That's a part of prophecy. But now for Daniel to write that in the book of Daniel, that the wicked is going to get more wicked. And then it say the wicked shall not even understand. When the person is not interested in serving the Lord Jesus Christ, they don't want to, they're not going to understand what is happening in this day and time because they don't actually care. Then to, for Daniel to say that in Daniel 12, it actually goes back to Genesis. You can see the seed planted in Genesis 6. It said, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So, back in uh, Genesis 6, what we're reading is dealing with the days of Noah. So, in the days of Noah, why did God just brought the flood? Because of the wickedness of man. So, in what we read, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. God is showing us in the New Testament, if you really want to know what it's going to be like today, just go back to those days. So we see that if because of wickedness is why God brought the flood. Then you see even Daniel prophesying the wicked going to be more wicked. So that's prophecy. And you can't change that. People are going to fulfill that. Is that right? And then because wickedness plays a very part in prophecy and what's happening in this day and time. Amen. Don't nobody like to be called wicked. But there are wicked, there are wicked people. On the face of this earth. You know I like to say something also. A brother. This is something just happened just recently. Um, a pastor was telling me. It was a young girl in this church. Been coming to church all of her life. And so forth. And then uh, all of a sudden. She decides she wants to. Get baptized and serve the Lord. And it was kind of shocking to him. That she wanted to automatically. Want to get right with God. So he asked her, he said, sister, <laughs> what sermon did I preach 
to make you want to have this change. Now, you know how that goes. Preachers want to make sure, wonder, do they have something to do with it? <laughs> so he wanted, hoping she was going to probably say, why that sermon you preach? He said, ah, oh, yeah, but it don't work like that. Is that right? Because you remember the, uh, a, a guy gave his heart to the Lord when he was talking to the prophet one time. He just said, I'm going to, he said, he said, I'm going to take my place. He was talking, Brother Brandon was giving a story about this man told the pastor. He said, I want to take my place. You're going to see me Sunday morning. I'm going to take my place in the church. And then the pastor asked the same question. What sermon was it was that I preached? Then he just told him, hey, it wasn't no sermon that you preached. He said, you know, uh, he said, I'm looking at all this game, all these rabbits that I have got here. He said, you know, I'm a poor shot. He said, I can't shoot. He said, but I began to look and see how the Lord blessed me, gave me all of these, this game. He said, so God testified to that man by blessing him, being able to get food, kill the rabbits. He said, now I want to give my heart to the Lord. I'm pretty sure they let the air out of the preacher. Because he wanted to have some credit in it. But anyway, so that man was able to, God showed that man something to stir up his heart. Now he wanted to serve the Lord. So the pastor asked this young girl that said, why do you want to serve him? And then she, she gave him, she said, well, she had a, a friend, a worldly friend that she runs around with, was in a bad accident. And she was in a coma for three days. But when the girl, when her friend woke up out of, her, of the coma, she wouldn't talk to her friend. Her friend told her, she said, it was demons. She said, while I was in this coma, I was surrounded by demons in darkness. She said, they was all around me. And she said, they was influencing me to do wrong. And then she told her, you was one of those demons. She said, you was one of them. So she goes to the church. And tell her the, then she telling the pastor. She said, I'm not a demon. She said, I don't serve God. I don't follow God. But I'm not a demon. Well, what else it is, you ain't serving God. See, we don't want to look at ourselves as devils. Huh? We're either going to be the children of God or children of the devil. That's what the Bible tells us. But sometimes we think because we're in church, we go to church, we're angels. Just because you go to church don't make you an angel or a saint. Can we say amen? Now she's saying, I don't admit and I don't serve God, I don't follow God, but I'm not that. But it shook her so much. For her to be sitting in the message church, hearing the word over and over and over, and this girl come out of a coma and tell her, you was one of those demons influencing me to do wrong. What it did, it woke her up to let her see that I've been sitting in church all these years, but I got relaxed sitting in church because I'm in church, but I'm no different than this girl. I'm influencing her the wrong way. It woke her up. Can we say amen? amen? Praise the Lord. You see, that's the problem today. People don't understand what influences are. You're either going to be a good influence to somebody or you're going to be a bad influence to somebody. That's just the bottom line. That's just the way that it goes. 
Can we say praise the Lord? But you know, I'm dealing with, 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 with prophecy. Well, let me backtrack again. That's why I do all I can to, you know, uh, young people, they, they, they going through the little stages of life. You sympathize with them and, and, and because we, we was young too. We've been there and we've done that. So you, you sympathize with them. But my, myself, I'd be a little more tough with them because of the opportunity you have to have a good life growing up around the revealed word of the hour versus some of the way that some of us uh, 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 was raised up. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, when I even give testimonies about my own life in the past and so forth, I don't give it to, to give no glory to the devil. I'll be giving examples of how low and how how deep you can sink into darkness and it'll be the grace of God to pull you back from those things. But you're living in an age of curiosity where young people want to find out uh, uh, what, what is the latest thing going on, the latest fashion, the latest movie, the latest movies, I mean music, latest thing, the latest trend. When you get caught up into those things, you actually get a spirit on you. And then when you hear spiritual things, it can't really penetrate you. Because you're caught up into a world now. How many of you remember that story when Brother Branham talked about this young girl? This boy kept telling her he loves her and, and so forth like that. And she got to a place. I know Johnny loves me. I know Johnny loves me. He said what she actually did built the world. She built the world and got caught up into that world. But by the grace of God, when he was talking to the young girl, God revealed something that only she and that boy would have known. And then when God revealed it to her, her eyes come open. And I like what the prophet said. He said, now that you don't come up out of that world, let me point you to Calvary. See, that world was an influence that she had created. And it took the revealing of something to break that spirit off of her. Then he said, now come out of that. Come out of it now. So that's why I tell people, I don't care how low how, how in darkness you don't got or what don't happen. But whenever some enlightenment come in your life and God deals with you to open up your spiritual eyes, you need to step out of that other world and start following him. Because it's a world of darkness. And I'm going to be honest, you know, when a person is not really born again, you can't see the darkness of this world. Everything seemed to be okay. But yet, this is the darkest age, the darkest time in all of history. This is the Laodicean age. Praise the Lord. But you got the denominational world. They'll teach to you that this is your harvest, your breakthrough, and all these. This is a wonderful time. The only wonderful time it is for the believers. A time for a rapture. We know it's our time leaving here. But for the rest, it's, it's, no, it's not good. Amen. And I don't say these things because sometimes you can get preachers to try to spook people into being a Christian. It don't work like that. <laughs> You got to serve God because you love him. Not because you're afraid of him, but because you love him. Amen. So we see prophecy actually controls everything. It's just like in Genesis 13. It said, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Then the Bible says in verse 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked. And sinners before the Lord exceedingly. See, you notice it bringing out the word wicked again. 
And then when we read in Matthew and Luke, it tells us as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, go back to those days. So it, so it can, you can see the picture of this day. And it deals with wickedness again. Can we say praise the Lord? But you know, it also says in Genesis 18, 23, when Abram drew near, he said, Would thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? So Abraham, notice what he's saying, Would thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Even though Lot made a wrong choice because he seen that thing was more better going down in Sodom, he still was a righteous man somewhat. That's why Abraham would say, without destroy the righteous with the wicked. He knew Sodom was wicked. He knew that. But he also knew his nephew was there. But you know the story that how Abraham said, would you destroy the righteous? If you could find 50 righteous, you know, will you spare the city? But you notice when Abraham was talking to the Lord, he didn't go up in number. He went down in number because he knew it couldn't have been. I'm, I'm assuming now Sodom is a big place. Abraham, just think of it. He went to 50. If thousands and thousands of people lived there, but he dropped down to 50. Can you just, if, if it is 50, then, you know, God said, I, I, I have mercy. Then he said, what about 45? God said, I have mercy. Then he said, what about 40? But if you notice in Abraham talking to God, he was jumping down from five to five to five. Then he jumped to 10. He jumped from 30 to 20. Then he jumped from 20 to 10. When he got down to 10, he just walked off. Right? The Lord just walked off because he knew it was dwindling down pretty good when it winded up just really being three. Oh, you could say four, but we know what Lot's wife did. That's why the Bible said, and remember Lot's wife. Amen. So, but it, look how Abraham dropped it way down low because he knew it wasn't going to be many. Then in this day and time, in the future home, there was, when, Brother, when Brother Banner was preaching it, they was talking about uh, in the days of Noah where only eight was saved. Then he said, wow, that's it. Well, only eight. He said, well, you just only got half. He, he said, you ain't even got the whole picture. He said, Abel, Noah was the eight that went over in the flood, but it was actually one, Enoch, that was translated. He said, so you really ain't got the whole picture. So what that is signifying, even to the day, it is not going to be many to go into the rapture. That's just the bottom line. It ain't going to be many. Praise the Lord. I pray to God that each one of us can say this morning, it might not be many, but I'm going to be one of the few. Amen. Amen. Now, as we go on down, I'm just, just building up something here. I'm not planning on preaching long at all, but this is very, very important because a spirit is on the people today, even around the message, they're not seeing it. But it's a spirit of sleep. And we're going to talk about that for a moment. Because sleep in the scriptures got different meanings. And not just one meaning when you're dealing with the word sleep. Amen. And then we see in 1 Peter chapter 4, and for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. How many of you know when we come to the house of God, judgment begins here? Amen. Correction begins here. 
Amen. If you don't want to be judged when you come to church, if you want to, don't want to be corrected when you come to church, the best thing for you to do is judge yourself before you come to church. And if you're not spiritual, you ain't going to judge yourself. Because the Bible says he that is spiritual judges himself so that he don't have to be judged. And I like God. Why do you think? Uh, I listened to it just recently in the prayer meetings. Even people that weren't Christian, not professing to be believers, but still coming up in the prayer line, the prophet still would tell them, confess your sins. Confess them before you get into the line. Because if they confess them, amen, they wanted healing, but if they confess it before they get to him, not even God can show him what their problem was. You know, the sin. So it's important to confess your faults and errors. Is that right? Many don't like to do that. But confessing don't make you weak. To me, it makes you honest and want to be sincere with God. And it said, judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin in us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? For if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Notice it said, if the righteous would scarcely, barely be saved, where would the sinner and the ungodly appear? The righteous that scarcely be saved here is not talking about the bride. Because the bride of Jesus Christ is not going to be scarcely saved. We're going to be saved. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Because we've been predestinated. Amen. To be saved. We've been predestinated, ordained to eternal life. It's speaking of the righteous. A lot falls in that category. Amen. He said, verse, in first Peter chapter two, verse six, let's go back and he's saying, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making an example to those that should live, should live ungodly. This one verse of scripture right here, let me read it again. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example to those that afterward should, should live ungodly. You should be able to get this one scripture right here and you can witness to anybody with it. This one verse of scripture. Because it plainly means Sodom and Gomorrah. God used it for an example. For those that doing the same thing that they did in Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened to them, if you're doing the same thing, is going to happen to you. He used it for an example. Amen. You can take that one scripture and just preach. Just preach. Amen. I'm glad God used them for an example, not me. But he using us for an example for other things, for righteousness. The life that he used Paul, all the other believers, the examples in their life for righteousness to show the righteousness of God. Amen. And then he said, verse 7, and just, and delivered just lot. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. See, going back to wicked again. For that righteous man dwelling among them. Notice how it labeled Lot. That righteous man dwelling among them. Then it'll go back if the righteous scarcely be saved. See, that's not talking about bride. That's talking about in the condition of Lot. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, when you study uh, about Lot, when you study about Noah... It, 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 you have to make sure your your thoughts pattern is correct, depending on what direction you're going in, or you can get twisted up. Because at one place, the prophet of God said, Noah types Christ. Amen. Types Christ are making the way. 
But then we know Noah got drunk. When Noah got drunk, he no longer typed Christ. So you got to know what part of the type to take. You can't just run all the way. David typed Christ. But when David committed adultery, he did not type Christ. Can we say praise the Lord? So you got to put him in perspective. Moses typed Christ. When Moses had a temple, he did not type Christ. Praise the Lord. So even dealing with this right here, with the with righteousness and so forth, you got to bring in different many things. Dealing with the foolish version, the wicked, and the, the wicked, the sinners, and then the bride. You put them in three categories because he said it's in three. Because when the rapture take place, they ask the question: Would the foolish version be saved? And questions and answer. After the rapture, the bride, would the foolish version be saved? He said, no. He said, you got to watch it in three. He said, because after the bride is taken up, he said, the blood goes up. The Holy Ghost goes up. It's nothing but judgment. He said, watch it in threes. He said, he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. The filthiness is of the world. They still going to be filthy. But the righteous, let them be righteous still. Remember, the foolish virgin will fall in that category because, amen, they'll go through tribulation, but at the end, they will be saved. But he that is holy, let them be holy. He said, that is the bride. So he brought them in categories to space these things out. Are you with me? But I'm so thankful, brothers and sisters, even in Daniel chapter 11, it talks about, we read how the wicked going to do more wickedly because it's been prophesied for them to do it. But it also says in Daniel eleven thirty two, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's also a prophecy. Let us know we that know our God shall be strong. We're not going to be weak. And we shall do exploits. That's a prophecy. Now, what I'm saying, because of prophecy... When something is prophesied, our anointing has to fall on people for that prophecy to come to pass. Praise the Lord. So when I see people doing wickedly and wickedly, I say, well, you're fulfilling the scripture. See, whether you're a Christian, whether we are a Christian or not, we're going to fulfill scripture. Everybody somewhere in the Bible, you're going to feel script, fulfill scripture. But I'm thankful for the prophecies of the righteousness that's supposed to be filled so that lets me know there will be an anointing on a people that's going to live higher than this world. Just like in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. It said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. I'm so thankful we've been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And he says here, as the scripture keep on, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He already chosen us to be that. By him choosing us to be that, we will have to come to that. Regardless of how you feel about yourself, you got to come to that. Praise the Lord. And then he says, having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will that goes back to predestination already been prophesied that we will all amen that we will come unto the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ 
We've been predestinated even unto adoption. Friends, I love the word predestination. It lets me know I got nothing to do with it. But if I've been chosen by God, I'll come to everything that he predestinated for me to be. So I don't have to make myself be nothing. All I need to do is just keep following him and every plan that he had for my life that's going to take place, he's going to make sure that happens. That's why I thank God for predestination. Many struggle even around the message about the word predestination, about the word seed planted in you before the foundation of the world. I don't struggle about none of those things at all. I am thankful for them. So let me know that it is the grace of God to even where I am at today is because of him. We're standing here today because of him. We're able to come to church because of him. We're able to have the right frame of mind because of him. We're able to be comforted in such an uncomforting world because of him. He's done it all. That's why we give him the glory. Amen. So notice, let's just keep going down here. I got a few more scriptures and we're just working our way up. And then we look in the scripture in Ephesians 5. It says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. Husband, love your wives. Even Christ also loved the church, gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. All of these scriptures here means a lot to me. Notice we, we see relationship between husband and wife. But he's bringing it to with Christ in the church. And I'll tell any married couple, if you want to know where you're at in your marriage, look where you're at in Christ. Compare your marriage with your relationship you have with Jesus Christ. You'll learn a lot about yourself. Can we say praise the Lord? I was just preaching to my church Wednesday. I said, you know, uh, I, I, I said, uh, I, I thank God for his grace and mercy. Some things that I probably done and said, I should have been wiped off the map. But it's his grace and mercy. He did not do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sometimes in marriage relationship, you can get so irritated. Maybe I shouldn't have got married. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But how would you feel if God thought about you like that? When you don't make your faults and your mistakes and error, and if God would say, maybe I shouldn't have saved him. Maybe I shouldn't have called him. Maybe I shouldn't have done. How would that make you feel? That'll make you feel real bad, wouldn't it? But he don't think like that. But sometimes people that they marry think like that. Shame on you if you do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Even though Adam, his wife, amen, caused problems, you won't find in Scripture where he thought about putting her away. He was interested in keeping her. Can we say praise the Lord? See, most of the time in married life, you want to act like Adam, the wife you gave me. Told God, oh, the wife you gave me. It wouldn't have been like this if you gave it to me. Sometimes, Lord, this husband you gave me. He didn't make you marry him. This wife you gave me, he did not make you marry him. Nobody forced you to say, I do. You did it willfully. Now when the devil say, you need to... <laughs> Maybe you need to go on your own. Maybe you need to separate from him in a while. Nobody forced you to say, I do. But now you need to tell the devil, I won't. You shouldn't have to be forced to say that. Y'all love to say, devil, I won't. I will not. I'm here to stay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, some of these young people say, well, I just can't wait to get married. You can. You can. 
Like I always say, and I'll preach it over and over and over, just get married to Jesus Christ first. See how Jesus Christ treat you. See how Jesus Christ deal with you. It'll teach you how to deal with your wife. It'll teach you how to deal with your husband if you look how he deal with you. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why, how would you, how would you feel if you're going through something real rough and you go talk to the Lord about it and he just say, I ain't got time to listen to this right now. Get back with me later. Maybe another time. How would you feel? I'll tell you exactly what you do. But you're God. You're supposed to be there and listen to me. Hmm? Ain't that what you would say? But what about when your husband want to talk to you? I ain't got time right now. When your wife want to say something to you, another time. Children want to say something to you. Let me finish my game. It ain't in the notes, but praise God. You reap what you sow. Hello, friends. It's so terrible how adults get caught up on games. Locked in them games. Then the child come up. Mama, mama, mama. What? I'll talk to you later. I'll be mad because of a game. Child walk in the room. Then when you finish the game, if you won, then you say, come here, dear. What would you want to say to mommy? But now if you lose the game, walking around mad because you lost the game. Let me tell you what's going to happen in the future. You're going to reap what you sow. When your child get older, then you say, honey, y'all want to go to the park? No, mama. Why? I'm playing a game. What? I, I want to play my game. No, come on. So you, 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 you created that. And then when you do get with them, they be dragged. You're like, what's wrong with you? This is family time. They don't want to go with you. They want to play a game. You created that. God bless you. Let's keep going on. Let's keep going on. Amen. You've got to remember the scripture we just read in Ephesians. How is Christ making this church? Verse 26 said that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church. So God is going to create his church by the word so he can present it to himself. He does it by the word. So we're creators. You create your family. You create your wife. You create your husband. You create your children by words that you speak. We do the same thing God does. Praise the Lord. Amen. Brother, if you find your wife talking back to you harsh sometime, because you probably did it to her first. She's just speaking back to you what you spoke to her. Now you're getting mad because you're hearing a repeat of something you said. You go back vice versa. You, 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 you create your children through words. Never call your children dummies. You're just so dumb. My goodness, nobody else in the family was that stupid. That's abuse. And they're going to stay right there in their subconscious. 
And as far as they'll know, I'm dumb and I'm stupid. And then they'll go to school, they'll start acting like it. They'll believe it so much to their physical appearance will come subject to it. And you know what's so funny? If you call them that all the time, when they go to school and the children in the school never heard them, heard you call them that, they'll look at them and call them that. You're a dummy. Because now their physical appearance looked that way because they've been spoken to them so much. Now they just. Yeah. Words. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Get a little. Just to break the little tension there. It's getting, you know, tense. You know, you can feel people start cramming up. Let me tell you what that is. When you start doing like this, that's God exposing something in your life, and the devil don't want you to accept it. <laughs> that's what it is. I go back to the church aid book. The prophet of God said, notice the funny look that be on people's face. When the devil knows he's getting ready to get exposed, his consciousness change. That ain't no different what happened in church. I see people start twisting and stuff. I said, and then I said, mm, I'm on the target. I stay right there. I'll just stay right there until you see them just kind of loosen up. Then you know they accept it. Let me tell you, friend, to loose up tension in church, to loose it up, when you know God is talking to you, say amen. That is, take that tension up. Lord, that's nothing but the truth. It takes the tension off of you. But until you do that, you're going to fight through the whole sermon, hoping he don't come back in that area, jump somewhere, you just tense. And then when the service is over, you drain, not because of inspiration, not because you're swayed in the spirit. You drain because your muscles all twisted up in church, trying to resist what the Holy Spirit trying to say to you. Oh, help us, Lord. <laughs> exactly right. You said, yeah, you know, you talk to your children. Why you why when you talk to your children, they be tensed at you? Because they know they're wrong. And they, tension, they expressing tension. You know, <laughs> the language has changed with children now. They, I call it, I don't know the right word to put to it. I call it drag language. It kind of the words kind of drag, not just straight word. They drag. You know, say you say you, you say something to and go, why? Why are you doing this to me? It's drag. It's all tension, feeling they're attacked and being beat upon. Why you want to be in church? Say, Amen. <laughs> That's exactly right. Wow. We've been going 40 minutes and I ain't even start preaching yet. I'm saying these things to relax you. I'm, I'm pretty relaxed. I feel pretty good, to be quite honest with you. So he says. I want to go back now to Matthew. No, I want to go back to Thessalonians and read the scripture. 
In 1 Thessalonians 5, when he says, therefore, verse 6, he said, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Now, <laughs> just reading that scripture, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. That scripture does not mean we stay awake naturally and never sleep. He said, let us not sleep. That don't mean we say, well, according to the scripture, I'm supposed to go to sleep. I'm supposed to stay awake. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but the scripture said I'm going to try it. Good luck with that. But that ain't what that means. When you look into the scriptures, sleep got so many different meanings. It's just like even Lazarus. Jesus told them Lazarus is not dead. He sleepeth. Right? Then also there is a natural sleep that we sleep because God said he gives his beloved rest. Amen. But sleep also has another meaning that I found, and that's what I want to just talk about, that type of sleep. And I find it to be interesting in the definition of it. Amen. The word sleep, if you keep running a reference to it, especially in the Greek, I thought it was interesting. It says... To yield to sloth and sin. To be indifferent to one's salvation. And the word indifferent means unconcerned, no particular interest. So sleep is a spirit to where a person gets upon them. They are not concerned about their soul. They are not concerned about salvation. That's a powerful definition. And I want to give you that definition to that word so that we can go back to the days of Noah. Because the Bible tells us to go back to the days of Noah. If we want to know what's happening now, go back to then. So let's go back to the days of Noah. But let me prove to you, show you something how, show you how sleep is a spirit. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 7. It said, And the multitude of all the nations that fights against Ariel. Ariel is just another word for Jerusalem. Even all that fight against her and her munition and that distress her shall be as a dream of a night vision. He's talking about one that's going to go uh, against Jerusalem. Even it shall even be as when a hungry man dreameth. And behold, he eateth, but he awaketh and his soul is empty. Or when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh. And behold, he is faint and his whole soul has appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. Other words, he just letting them know. Everything that they're trying to do, trying to accomplish, is going to mount up to nothing. Now he said, verse 9, watch what he says now. Stay yourself in wonder. Cry you out. And cry, they are drunken. Other words, why would people go against Israel? Why would they do that? Why do they even want to come to such a 
come against a godly people, a nation is Israel. Say, why are you wondering? You want to know why they're going to do it? God said, I'm going to show you why they're going to do it. He says, he said, stay yourself in wonder and cry you out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. He's going to show the influence why they're going to go against her. Verse 10, notice what it said. For the Lord had poured out upon the spirit of deep sleep and had closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers, had he covered. So the word spirit of deep sleep showing spirit, sleep can be a spirit. And it can be a spirit that actually you're unaware of what's going on but because you're caught up under the wrong type of anointing, many things are happening, but you just can't see it. Are you with me? So this goes back to, the, let's go back now to the days of Noah. Turn back with me to Matthew chapter 24. A lot of times, especially at my home church, when uh, I have a sermon, you know, sometimes as a minister, you bounce around a lot of thoughts, what the minister on, and ask the Lord to give you something. But it's so comforting to me, many times before I come out to the pulpit, my song leader would sing a song that goes with my sermon. And he'd have no idea what I'm planning on preaching. So when you sang that song, I believe it opened the eyes of my heart, Lord. That goes back to blindness. If, uh, if you're, we blinded, got blindness in our life, blindness in our, because that's what the blindness take place is in the heart. But we said, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. Not only when God opened the eyes of your heart, not only that you see him, but you also to see everything that's around you that he wants you to see. Now notice, we're going to go back to Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, but let me put this in here first. And we read Revelation 3. Revelation 3, we're going to just stay, stay with Matthew 24. I'm just going to backtrack one second. In Revelation 3, when he said, Thou art blind, naked, and miserable, knoweth it's not. We know that it's at the end of the book. But it took what happened in Genesis. In the days of Sodom, in the days of Noah, before Revelation 3 could get that way. So it goes in the middle of the book with Matthew. In the book of Matthew, when it talks about, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man, it's actually telling us where things begin and how things are going to end. So that's why we went back into Genesis to see where all the wickedness began. And see the scenery that's been set up. Then go into the middle, then he brings us to the end. Now they've come to that condition where they are blind, naked, and miserable, don't even know it. In other words, there's a spirit on this age, they have to fulfill that prophecy. That's why when I talk to people myself, I don't get aggravated when they can't see what I'm saying. I know that's a prophecy of the spirit of this last day ages upon them, and they can't see, and they won't see until God. Open up their eyes to let them see. 
So, in the days of Noah, Matthew 24, verse 38, it said, for as in the days of, I'm sorry, verse 34, I'm sorry, no, verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, I like to just the way it put it, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now we know it's also when you go to Luke, it talk about the revealing of the Son of Man. In the book of Luke, when we go back to the book of, uh, we go back in the book of Luke, it challenges us to go back to the days of Lot. Even in Matthew and Luke, it challenges us to go back to the days of Noah. It puts both of them together because those were major events. And we know that in the time that we're living in, the revealing of the Son of Man, that God was going to have the same reveal, same prophetic ministry that he had when he walked upon the face of the earth, it would be revealed again in this day in a, in a, a son of man revealing the son of man. Can we say praise the Lord? I know many people around the message even still struggle with that, but that was God and that prophet. Without a shout, without a, without a shadow of doubt in my mind, that was God and that prophet. And I just love it. God spoke through that and then the message unseen. He said, this is not William Branham. I'm just using his voice. This is the vessel that's been yielded to me. Can we say amen? And God had to come back in this day and time for us to see, just to show us through this message exactly how it was in Bible times. This is what this message takes us back to. Because spirits don't die. Everything is just the same. All of the characters in the Bible are still here today. The spirits that was on them are still here today. So as in the days of Noah were, Amen. Verse 38. But now it says, for as in the days that were before the flood. Now notice how it puts us into a frame here. It's going to talk about not after the flood, but before it. It's just putting it out. Some things happened before the flood. Notice what it says. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Until the day Noah entered into the ark. Now, eating and drinking, giving into marriage, those things that we do. So what's wrong with that? That's what we do. We eat, we drink, we get married, have children. But it's pointing it out. So what's wrong with it? If you go back to where I started with the definition, that's what they was only concerned about natural things, but they was actually sleep. They was not concerned about their salvation. They was not concerned about their soul. Only thing they was interested, what can I accomplish on this earth in this life? That's why I tied it sleeping, as it were, in the days of Noah. Other words, notice how you ever thought what Noah was looking at when all of this was going on. 120 years of preaching, he's seeing the people doing the same thing 120 years, not caring about their soul, not caring about their salvation. Friends, that is the same spirit that's on this age. People don't got to a place, they don't care about salvation. Only thing they're interested in, what can I do? What can I accomplish on this earth? There's nothing wrong with making accomplishments on this earth, but don't do like they did. They put that before salvation. Put salvation first, and whatever God wants to give you, take it then. 
But in this time, people are doing the exact same thing. Walking around, sleep. Not even concerned about salvation at all. Salvation is the last thing on their mind. Only thing that they're, they're driven by ambition for their accomplishments. Not so salvation. Do you see where I'm coming from now? And it's been prophesied. It's going to happen this day and it's happening right amongst us. Amen. Not, you think I'm just talking about the world. No, sir. I'm talking about one right in this message. Because they sit in church, service after service, hear preaching after preaching after preaching, and don't even care about salvation. Well, I was in church today, whatever, then walk back out, no concern. Soon the service over, can't even remember what was preached. Because sitting in service, not even attempted what was said. Some sit in the service, so thinking so much about what they want to do today, uh, this week. The only thing that mind is just loaded with that. And that's all they can think about in service. When service is over, don't know effect. They're sitting in church, sleep. That's exactly what's happening. Not caring about salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. I wonder how many people sleep on their jobs. People go to bed early to make sure they can be real uh, <laughs> spunky when they get to work. If you care about your job, you will anyway. But yet, people, when it comes time for church, they don't care what time they go to bed. Oh, Saturday, this is my late night. I'm going to go to bed late, my late night. They come to church, sleep, naturally and spiritually. Because there's nothing where you're going to get nothing out of service sleeping. Huh? Only thing you're going to do in church sleeping, you're going to nod, you're going to do like this. And then you're going to look around, hope nobody's seeing you do it. Huh? Will you do that on your job? No. <laughs> See, these are spirits where there's no more concern. Even about spiritual things, it's more about what I need to accomplish naturally than I'll just come to church any kind of way. I sure hope they sing some good old funky songs. That'll wake me up. I hope that preacher is anointed. He can preach a little hard today. That'll wake me up. No, it won't wake you up. You need to come to church in expectation. Yourself already. You're actually the one that controls the gift. Come to church in expectation. But most of the time, people drag right in church. Praise the Lord. It's the saying that we use on the job. Sometimes on the job, you know, I'll be on the job, man, man. You know, I deal with this diabetes and stuff. Sometimes I come on the job, I be dragging. I just say, hey, man, just put me in the circus. Dragon man. I wonder, is that happening to the church? Drag. Drag in the church. Feet sliding like children. Something, I'm going to tell you what that is. It's a spirit of sleep. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Amen. I said, oh, God, help us. Help us. Because I'm going to tell you, pressure, pressure of this age, that can even make you sleepy. It just drains you. But let me tell you something, friend. It's just the time you got to steal away. You just got to steal away. You got to say, Lord, God, give me some of them cake like you did Elijah. Give me something, Lord, I can keep pressing on in this journey. Because in these bodies, we do get weak because it's a fight. It's a war. But you got to keep feeding yourself in the word 
that's where your strength is at. I don't understand when people go through things, that's when they stop praying. Stop reading. You're losing right there because you're getting no strength in the body. Your strength is in the word. I was preaching at a church. They saw him two and a half hours just recently. And the pastor come out and read a quote. He said, you know, the prophet said there's healing in music. There's healing in singing. There's healing in medicine. He read all those quotes. I said, yeah, I believe that quote. But when it came to my time, I said, yeah, healing and all of that. But it's salvation in the word. It's only salvation in the word. So you ain't going to justify all that long, long singing now because now people can't even hear the word because now they sleep. Two and a half hours. And I had to preach. I got in the pulpit 10 minutes to 10. I said, all right. I got to preach. And I preached. My poor wife was sitting there. I preached about 35 minutes. I seen some of them dozing off. I said, hey, amen. I said, let us just stand and give the Lord a hand. But they got up, they were revived. They clapped their hands. I said, you can just sit back down. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done at all. I just wanted to shake them up a little bit. Can we say amen? That's exactly right. Let me tell you, friend, the best resurrection sermons that they are is when the preacher, preacher says, I'm getting ready to close. That's when people wake up. It shouldn't be that way. This should be the time. Lord, I don't lay everything aside because I know I want to be attentive to hear your word. Lord, I, I'm, I'm applying myself, Lord. God looks at those things. There are sometimes things go wrong. You can't even get sleep. You can't even get rest. But your heart be so burning. You know I just want to be in service. Then you come to church. Don't even get sleepy at all. Why is that? Because of your desire. You were so hungry to be here, even sleep had to pull away from you. But when people just won't prepare themselves to come to hear the words of life. Amen. Noah watched for 120 years as he preached. People doing the same thing. I'm pretty sure it tore his heart up. Preaching an end time message. I'm trying to tell y'all this flood is coming. Yeah, yeah, Noah. Yeah, yeah, Noah. Let's go back to Jesus when he said in the book of Matthew, when he went out to bid and people come to the supper. He said they all made excuses. And the same thing today, people got an excuse for everything. I ain't never known the most excuses people can give when they not come to church. People can give all kinds of excuses. When it comes to the church, spiritual things, it's easy to get excuses because the devil will give them to you. Can we say praise the Lord? But when God sees you pressing and want to be in your line of duty, he creates things. He makes things work out just for you. That's the God that we serve. My goodness. All those years, they watched Noah building that ark. And it wasn't nothing hidden. As big as that ark was, it wasn't hidden. They could see it. They could watch it. Laugh at Noah all those years. Walking around with their eyes naturally wide open. But a spirit of sleep was upon them. They was not caring about their salvation. You say, how could that be? Could it be today? It's exactly what it is today. We hear sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. And some know, even see what's going on in Ukraine, Russia. They see it naturally. But they ain't caught spiritually what is going on. These are the times 
we, it's sad what we see our brothers going through. But yet in our heart, we still look up because we know our redemption draweth nigh. These things have been prophesied to happen. But if we're in that spirit of sleep, I had an individual tell me, I'm tired of only hearing about no Ukraine and hearing all this stuff. You know why they don't want to hear about it? Because it makes them scared. But it don't make the bride of Jesus Christ scared. It makes us thankful. It makes us sad at the same time, like I said, for the believers. But we know these things has to be. Are you with me? So all of these natural things, marrying, giving in marriage, notice until the day that Noah entered into the ark. That's sad. They done these things right up to when Noah went into the ark. And when he stayed in there seven days, they were still doing the same thing. Because it was a spirit of sleep that was upon them. But then all of a sudden, when the fountains began to give up the water, when the rain began to come down, their eyes come open. They no longer sleep now. Reality has struck. No, uh, 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 no, it's too late. Same thing happened then. Same thing going to happen now. I'm going to read you what the prophet said. Just a few more minutes and we'll close. In Jehovah Jireh, Jireh, Jehovah Jireh 3, he said, Noah entered into the ark and the door shut behind him with the hand of God. The sun come up and went down seven days before anything happened. And people went right on preaching, right on making fun, everything else, not knowing their only mercy they ever had was closed off from them. He did think ministers would still be educating preachers and setting them out. And things like that are going on. Just the church moving on and completely without mercy, without anything, cut off completely, he said the rapture. It's gone. That's why he go back to the days of Noah. And he also used the term, the scripture in Matthew, when Jesus, they asked Jesus, didn't Elias most come first? And Jesus said, he already has, and you didn't know him. He said, it'll be the same thing. People said, I thought a rapture was supposed to take place. And then that voice will come back, it already has, and you missed it. It is all because of spiritual sleep. People don't call and fell upon them an illusion of this day and just don't become spiritually asleep. And then he says, let him that's filthy, filthy still, the scripture says, already come and you didn't know it. Think about that tonight, friends. And watch what's going on. There's nothing in the world could comfort you now but the word of God. See, there's no other hopes. Your nation, nowhere else. Nothing can comfort us but the word of God. Now I'm going to read another quote here. And it's very important. You don't heard it many times, I'm sure. But let's look at some reality in this. It comes from the resume of the church ages. He said, harvest time. Have you noticed that in the harvest time, though there is a real acceleration in the ripening, there is consequently 
a slowing of growth until there is no growth. Notice, he said there's an acceleration in the ripening. The ripening is taking place fast. He said, but the growth is not much in the growth. And he says, is that not exactly what we're seeing now? He said, the false vine is losing multitudes to the communist and various other types of belief. Notice now, he talking about people losing to the multitude various types of belief. Don't you know that's happening right now? I can take you to Lawrence, South Carolina, where I was born and raised. There's a doctrine out now called the Hebrew Israelites. It is wiped, it wiped out a whole message church. And it's wiping out especially Spanish and black people. People don't care nothing about the gospel no more. They go into the black Israelite religion. Even though they use the Bible, but it's just another form of Muslim. So now, you're not only seeing around the message, people dropping off. Even in the denominational rank, people dropping off. And he says, the false vine is losing multitude to the communist and various types of beliefs. I like how he put it, various other types of beliefs. Her numbers are not increasing. And she would, as she would like to think, her hold on the people is not what it used to be. And in so many cases, going to church is just a show. He said, and the true vine, what about her? Is she growing? What are those vast numbers that kept coming to revivals and answering altar calls? Notice what he's saying. Now, many of us that have been in the message a long time, you know exactly what he's talking about, how it used to be like revival message around the message. I'm talking about, boom, you really feel the presence of God. A lot of things taking place and shaking. But it's dying now. It's harvest time. But listen to what he is saying here. He says, is she growing? Where's those vast numbers that kept coming to the revivals in the altar call? Listen now. Now you might, now, 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 now. <laughs> now some say, oh, there's a lot of revivals going on right now. A lot taking place right now. But I just want to read something to you. And, and, and hope we're not getting in this state. Say, well, brother, brother, I don't know. You saying ain't nothing going on now, ain't no growing. A lot of things taking place now. Yes, it is. But listen to this. He said, where are those vast numbers that keep coming to revivals and altar calls? He said, are not most of them merely emotional in their approach? Or desirous of something physical? Rather than desiring that which is truly spiritual. This is what's happening now. Jump up emotion. Oh, we really felt it tonight. But yeah, where are you at now five days after that? Or every, after every service, you're coming to the altar asking for the same thing, the same prayer, the same thing, over and over and over. You're just going into Indian death circle. I'm just reading now. Listen to what he says. Is this age not like the day in which Noah entered the ark and the door was shut, shut, but yet God tarried in judgment seven days. He said no one was literally turned to God in those silent days. So he's talking about even in the closing days, a lot been going on, 
but ain't nobody really turning to God. If you don't see that today, friends, I think you don't fell asleep too. <laughs> I see it plainly. God wants our hearts turned to Him. Not just the emotions and abilities and things. He wants our life. He wants our hearts. But many fear because I don't done some great things so the Lord, I'm okay now. No, it don't, that's not, it don't work like that, friends. Because many are going to come to him in that day, Lord, Lord, did not I do these things? But God wants the soul of man, body, spirit, and soul. He wants our all. He wants us to be totally centered out to him. That's what he wants, not halfway. I don't want a halfway wife. I married a whole one. Huh? I want her to be a whole wife, not a halfway wife. Well, barely I'm going to do this much of a wife I'll be, but this much wife I want. Uh-uh, I want a whole wife. Jesus want a whole bride. His, like the prophet said, the bride ain't going to be a freak. <laughs> it's not a freak bride. It's a whole bride, total and complete. Praise the Lord. Wow. I don't know what time I come up here, brother, but I know it's getting late. I know this is kind of a, kind of like a different sermon. That's fine. But I really want you to listen. What's happening in this hour today is spiritual sleeping. People are no longer concerned about salvation. But I want to do be like Peter. I think about Peter in the book of Acts. Now he was naturally, now before I say that about Peter, you remember when Jesus went to go pray, the disciples fell asleep. But why? Because of sorrow. Jesus said, you're sleeping because of sorrow. And you find that same thing happening on people today. Because there's so much going wrong, depression, family life, children life. Then they just say, I'm just so drained. Then they just fall asleep. Well, if you haven't discovered yet, if you got problems before you go to sleep, if you haven't figured it out yet, when you wake up, that problem's still there. Sleep ain't going to change it. You're just going to prolong it. <laughs> it's not going to change nothing. We are ordained of God to deal with it. That's why in every church age, to him that overcome, him that overcome, that's another prophecy, that it will be overcomers in every age. Do you believe you're an overcomer? But I want to be like Peter. You know, in Peter, in the time, in Acts 12, this was, of course, natural. He said, when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night of Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. I bet some snoring was going on. For Peter to be able to go to sleep in a condition like that, I promise you, and change, there was, a, there was a lot of pressure. And got two soldiers sitting right on the side of you. I don't know if I could be asleep too good about that, but if you're tired enough, I believe you would. Two big old Roman soldiers probably haven't had a bath. He had to sit right there in the midst of them and sleep. Knocked out. Mm. Then he said, and behold, the angel of the Lord come upon him. And a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and said to him, Arise, 
up quickly. And his chain fell off from his hand. I like that. The angels just come in there, poke them on the side. How many of you ever been poked on the side? Come on now. You married, you've been poked on the side. Might not have been the side, probably been the shoulder. What? My wife, she a little different. Burn! Me and her don't poke much. I just say, Nisa! But the angels, just think about it, poke them. And Peter woke up. Then when Peter woke up, the chains just fell off. I pray to God. As we preach in the message of the hour, God sent a prophet in this day, sent a message in this day. I pray some of the things that I said, you'll let the word poke you. Poke you on the side. And some of them changed that got you. Now you can let them drop off. Peter didn't have to take the chains off. It supernaturally just fell off. And it's the same thing when we've been slept a little while. <laughs> been a little unconcerned about certain things now the Lord can open our eyes up those chains they could fall off can we say praise the Lord Lord. I ain't going to finish yeah it's it's too many yeah I will say this the end time in the message end time evangelism he said the end time messenger and message should meet end time conditions don't you think so this message could not have not been preached 40 years ago. I'm so thankful for that. Whatever condition change, whatever happens, whatever comes, this message will meet the condition. I don't care how hard it gets, this word will meet the condition. If God was to tarry another 10,000 years, he ain't going to rewrite another Bible. He ain't going to even send another prophet because he done done enough. It'll meet any situation. The Bible said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know what that word formed? That means made. And the devil always forming different weapons. He keep forming them, forming them. But it makes no difference how many different ones he make. There's still only one word. God do not have to revise his word. He don't have to reinterpret his word. So whatever the devil bring, the Bible still will handle it. That's why I tell young people, Oh, I know the stories of how the spirit can get on young people. They can think that we don't understand. We're too old now. Things don't change. Let me tell you, things have changed. And they're going to continue to change. But I'll tell you one thing will never change. That is the word of God. It'll never change. The same thing the word of God done for me in my life, it'll do the same thing for our young people. Can we say Amen. Because, brothers and sisters, we're not called to a religion. We're called to a life. And this message is life. And that is the most wonderful thing that I love to see. Uh, I've seen a little young preacher. Not just a preacher. But when I can see young people don't grab hope to this word. And then apply it to their lives. That just stirs my spirit up. It really, really does. Because God's going to always have a witness of this message that is true. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to fight for it, if you don't want to defend the message, all you got to do is let it live out through you. You ain't got to go get no sword and thought, quote battle. No, 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 no. Just live it. 
People can say whatever they want to say. Just let it live through you. It'll shut their mouths every time. One of my favorite sayings is, every one of us, when you go to the grocery store, you see bananas, you see apples, you see all kinds of fruits. Not, not one of those fruits call you and say, hello, I'm lettuce. Over here, I'm cabbage. Over here, I'm a plum. Over here, I'm a banana. None of them say it. As soon as you look at them, you know what it is. That life testifies what it is. And you know what? It's there because it's been harvested. And because it done came through a harvest, now it can be displayed. This is harvest time. And God wants to display his bride. And he will. We're not going out weak as far as feeble. We're going out in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I don't try to preach doom and gloom. No, no, no. This is a powerful bride. And it's him that's doing it through us. As we humble ourselves, he strengthens us to be able to face any obstacle, anything that we have to go through. He is there. But brothers and sisters, we have to judge ourselves. Praise the Lord. Too many people blame things on the devil. The devil ain't had a chance to do. <laughs> Sometimes it's just you. <laughs> just you. But we want to say, hello, Diablo. I tell you, that devil, that devil. And Satan just be like, they ain't even gave me a chance to do it. I was going to do it, but they ain't even gave me a chance. They doing it for me. Sometimes, friends, just look at you. I don't point my finger at nobody. I look at Bernie Williams because God is working on me. He has. But God bless you this morning. Can we give God a hand? Musicians can come. I trust something to say it that touched your heart. Friends, you don't feel that you don't have a spirit of sleep fall upon you. It's not only being not concerned about salvation. You can be not concerned about many things. If you have that happen to you, could we, let's just bow our heads for a moment. If you can look back into your life and just see some things I've been so unconcerned about and I should have been concerned. Things that I don't lay aside and just played around with. But now, I'm, God, you don't refocus me. If you don't been through something like that, even now at this present moment, and God has spoken to you, could you raise your hand? Let's just pray. If you'd like for me to pray with you, I can. But you can, even where you sit, we could pray. Because these things are very, very important. It's just a spirit is what it is. Remember the wise version and the foolish version. They both come up out of sleep. But when one of them come up out, they have oil in their lamp. So there's a time in this season where that sleep can fall on any of us. But I thank God because of the Holy Ghost that's in us. He'll come and wake us up out of those things. Father, I pray for every hand that was raising up this morning. I also raise my own hand up. 
Because, Lord God, we preach things by experience. Things that we can look back and, and it's your grace. You open up our eyes and hmm, I see that. Well, one time I didn't see it, but God, I want to thank you for opening my eyes that I could judge me, that I can look into my heart and I can do like David as I thought upon my ways. And I can consider thy testimony and turn my feet to thy testimonies. And that's what we do, Lord, as we sit and think upon our ways and we'll come to you knowing that you are our gracious Father, full of grace and mercy and truth, that you hear us. The same as our children speak to us, we speak to you. And Lord Jesus, you respond. Father, I'm so thankful for the response of the hands. They wasn't raising it to me. They, Lord God, they're raising it to you. And Father, we just want to thank you for our health and strength. May you continue to strengthen us in our body. We ask these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the church says, Amen. Dick's saying that someone opened the eyes of, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. God bless you. Are we all right this morning? Brother Barry. Eyes of mine stand. I want to see. I want to see you Open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you I want to see you So open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you, I want to see you, high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy. to see you
Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. And may I be like you. You are the it ever true change my heart oh God may I be like you how about this consume me Lord with the power your spirit consume me, Lord, make me more like you. Anybody need prayer this morning? You're welcome to come. Me, Lord, for any reason, if you'd like to have prayer, we're glad to pray with you this morning. Just let the Holy Spirit examine your heart. Consume me, Lord, and make me more like you. my life. 
song now is the song of thanksgiving. Thanks and praise, O oh God. My sins have been washed from your memory. Hallelujah. How we thank you, Lord. By the blood of the Lamb of Calvary. He has forgiven me and I bless your name I bless your name and give you the chorus. Sing it again now one more time. I bless your name. I bless your name. And I begins to meddle in your life and put his finger on things, little things even in your life. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he does love you. It's because he cares about you. And it's his grace to us that he wants to correct us and make sure everything fits and everything is right and everything is good. We're all ready to go because we're in a going time, right? Look, when you're building a house, Burley will tell you, when you're building a house and you're finishing, you're doing finishing work, you're putting trim on, uh, you're touching up last-minute things. You don't want to bring the footer crew in there. 
Because if, if they're off a little, you know what they'll do? They'll take a big hammer, and they'll just hit that thing and knock it in line. And if it don't work, they'll get a bigger hammer. When you're putting finishing touches on something, you don't want a guy with a big hammer. You want somebody to come along and look at that, shave it just a little, move it just a little, tap it in place, fits just right. Nope, no, nope. shave it a little bit more, sand it a little bit more. Ah, fits just right. Looks like it belongs there. Tap it in there. That's the kind of guy you want in the last. The last of the last, right? You know what? I got news for you. We're living in the last of the last. And the Holy Spirit's work today is just tapping, touching, shaping, sanding, dealing with your heart a little bit. I'll tell you what. I heard some good things today. And I'll tell you what. I hope you didn't sleep through it. Hope you didn't sleep through it. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. Leave it there, sing it again. There is power in the name of my Jesus. I know there's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. Oh, there's an army rising up. There is an army. Every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. In the name of Jesus, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Glory to God. Let me tell you, it doesn't say there's power in every camp. It doesn't say there's power in every minister. But there's power in the name of Jesus. And I will tell you, if there is no power in the name of Jesus, we're serving the wrong message. We're serving the wrong God. I believe this message should work. I believe it should convict hearts. I believe it should uh, draw people into uh, salvation full and free. I believe this message is that power that God sent in the last day. Sing it again now. There is power in the name of Jesus. I know there's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is 
power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. And there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain in my life. Lord, be glorified. Be glorified in my life. Oh, today in this church Lord be glorified be glorified in this church Today and in my in my heart, Lord, be glorified, be glorified in my in my heart. Be glorified today, for we are standing on holy ground, and I know standing in his presence on holy ground once again now yes we are standing on holy ground and 
Jesus now For we are standing in His presence on hold Sing it again now, close your eyes Just acknowledge His presence and His nearness Oh, we are standing Thank you, Jesus Father, as we pause in your presence, Lord, at the end of the service today, Lord, I feel like you have directed something to us, Lord, and to our hearts and just spoken to us, Lord. And we should always be mindful of the condition, the days we live in, Lord, and be men of action, be men of vision, Lord, be men who are willing to stand in the face of all that this world has to throw at us. And Lord, to not sleep be found, Lord, indifferent to the times that we have arrived in. But, Lord, our Redeemer is faithful and true. And how, Lord, that you prepared a message, Lord, because the word always meets the condition of the hour. And, Lord, you prepared a message for us in this last day. Lord, may we take it and may we use it as a sword to cut through all of the fog and the indifference of this time, Lord. May you order our steps that we can, Lord, make it clearly, make the steps of faith, Lord, towards the kingdom. Lord, as you open up the way, Father, I just pray for each family, each each son of God that's represented here, Lord. We thank, Lord, of those that are sick today, Lord. We hold up our brother Ben before you, Lord, and how he has suffered, Lord, with his back. And we curse that affliction in the name of Jesus Christ. Believe, Lord, that you're still a healer today, the same as you ever were. And Lord, I know he's listening today and we join our faith together, Lord, and lift him up before you and believe, Lord, that you're a healer today, the same as you ever were. May Father, you just touch him, Lord, right where he is, I pray. Lord, we just ask now that you minister to each and every one, Lord, that is sick and those that are, those others, Lord, that are leaning upon you today and looking to you, Father. Just have your way among them, we pray. We thank you for your mercies and we thank you, Lord, that you are still a resource to us today, Lord. May your Holy Spirit, Lord, accompany each one, Lord. Bless us, I pray, in your presence till we meet again. In the name of Jesus Christ, and for your glory we pray. Amen. And amen. And all the brides said, amen. I just wanted to mention this before you go. Uh, our, our sister, uh, Diamond, uh, is uh, uh, she's pr- probably listening today. She's been streaming. She's at home with the kids. And uh, Brother Daniel is... Uh, out in Houston, is it Houston that he's, uh, is William, I'm sorry, Brother William. He's out in uh, Dallas. He's out in Texas and he's doing training. He's been on a six-week 
uh, stint out there with the airlines. And uh, so she's by herself, I know, and looking after the kids. And so uh, we're, we're going to make her uh, number available. If you don't have it, is it in the directory? Uh, Sister Chanel, it, it is in the directory. It would be nice for us to reach out to Sister Diamond and just uh, uh, make sure she's still breathing and uh, you know, a little, a few nerves left uh, because uh, she, I know she's got her hands full with the kids there and just be nice to reach out to her. And I, I apologize for not mentioning that earlier, um, but uh, we certainly want to do that and just trust that the Lord will um, uh, help the family. This has just been a, an interruption for them and uh, with Brother William gone. So uh, we sure want to remember uh, that family. At, right after service today, right after service, I want to meet with all of all the young people, and that's the people in who are in Peter's class and the people who are in my Sunday school class. I want to meet with all the young people. And we're going to do it in the fellowship hall, and we're going to do it right after service. I want everybody to be there. Let's sing as we go this afternoon. I appreciate uh, the Williams being here today. And how many feel like It's been good to come to the house of the Lord. It's been good for us to be in God's house. It's always good to be in God's house, but today it's been good for us to be in God's house. What were you playing just a second ago there? My Redeemer is faithful and true. What He has he will do and every morning his mercies are new my redeemer faithful and true redeemer is faithful and Everything he has said, he will do. Every morning, his mercies are new. 